Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. to go in a short time to get there. Turn, turn with me to Matthew, the 24th chapter. I want to talk to you this morning about lies and deceptions. Lies and deceptions. Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5 in the Amplified reads, Be careful that no one misleads you. Deceiving you and leading you into error. For many will come in my name, misusing it and appropriating the strength of the name which belongs to me, saying, I am the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed, and they will mislead many. And I believe with all my heart that there's a level of deception in the world today that we have never seen before. And... I'm afraid to tell you this morning that it's going to get worse. I feel that the devil, who's also known, one of his names is the deceiver, has placed over the world, and especially our nation, uh, for lack of a better term, I would say a blanket or a covering, or even a dense fog of lies and deceptions that we haven't seen before. And uh, every time somebody tries to... Uh, give an opposing view or even try to put the truth out there, it's immediately covered up and it's immediately distorted and it's getting to the place where it's hard to discern between the truth and a lie. Every time someone tries to get the truth out there, whether it's about the 2020 election, the border crisis, inflation, and the economy, or the supply shortages, or anything else, the devil immediately distorts it and shrouds it with a lie for the sole purpose of deceiving people. And when you have the major news outlets and the social media lying and covering up the truth as well as censoring people that have different views, or censoring them from trying to share the truth, it doesn't take long before most people that are hearing these lies and deceptions begin to believe them. And I don't listen to certain news media, certain news outlets, but I, for the purpose of research, listen to a couple of them, not even the whole newscast, but just excerpts from it, just to see what the other side is saying or what uh, seems to be the trends for today. And I'm telling you, I am appalled at what they're saying. I'm appalled at what they're expecting people to believe. And I'm even more appalled at the people that are believing the things that are being said. Even in the face of, ob of obvious truths, they're believing a lie. 
And that can only tell me one thing is that people are resisting the truth, refusing to accept the truth, and readily accepting a lie in place of the truth. Uh, things that seem obvious to us uh, are not so obvious, obviously, to other people. But I want to say something about this. There's what they call the big lie out there. And one side is calling the other side the big lie, and the other side is calling this side the big lie, and it's going back and forth. Well, somebody's definitely lying, and uh, it's up to us to discern who's telling the truth and who's lying, and we haven't been doing a very good job of it because even the church has fallen into some of these deceptions. Adolf Hitler captivated Germany and got them to back everything that he said and did by telling them a lie. Not only a lie, but telling them a big lie. Now, I had a sister-in-law. She was married to my brother, obviously. And he was in the service. And when he was in Germany, he met her, fell in love with her, married her, and brought her to the States. Well, she was a small child at the time of Hitler's reign. And I remember her telling us stories about it and how they were so deceived that they actually loved Hitler. They revered him. Uh, he had convinced them that everything he was doing was the right thing to do. And that's how deceived and how, how they got to the place where they actually agreed with the big lie. But here's his philosophy. His philosophy and the rules that he followed were this. Never allow the public to cool off. In other words, once you get them stirred up, keep them stirred up. Now listen carefully to me. I want you to draw some uh, parallels from this. And uh, he said, never admit a fault or a wrong. Never concede that there may be some good in your enemy. In other words, they're all bad. There's nothing good about your enemy. Uh, Never leave room for alternatives. As soon as somebody comes up with an alternative, you got to squash it. Never accept blame. Concentrate on one enemy at a time and blame him for everything that goes wrong. People will believe a big lie sooner than a little one. And if you repeat it frequently enough, people will sooner or later believe it. And if that's not what's going on in the world, and especially in our nation today, then my name ain't what it is. In other words, if you're going to lie, lie big. Tell a big lie. Make it so big that people will think it's got to be true because it's, you know, it's, it's too big to be a lie. And then uh, tell it often enough, and not only will people believe it, but you will come to believe it yourself. I know people that have told a lie so long that they would fight you over it if you tried to tell me that it wasn't the truth. And they knew it was a lie at one time. And when the, uh, the Antichrist comes, he's going to come in the spirit of Hitler with the same philosophy, telling the same types of lies and deceiving people the same way. And although he hasn't appeared yet, the spirit of the Antichrist has always been in the world and is in the world now and is getting stronger and stronger waiting for his advent waiting for him to come upon the scene 
And in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 through 12, again in the amp, it says, The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is through the activity and working of Satan and will be attended by great power and with all sorts of pretended miracles and signs and delusive marvels, all of them lying wonders. And by unlimited seduction to evil and with all wicked deception, for those who are perishing, going to perdition, because they did not welcome the truth. What would cause you to perish? What would cause you to go into perdition? Not accepting the truth, not welcoming the truth, but refused to love it that they might be saved. Therefore, God sends permissive. This is in the permissive sense. God sends. Actually, he allows upon them a misleading influence, a working of error and a strong delusion to allow them to believe what is false. God and God has a purpose for this delusion. He explains in verse 12, in order that all may be judged and condemned who did not believe in, who refused to adhere to trust in and rely on the truth. They refused the truth, but instead took pleasure in unrighteousness. Those are the people that God is going to allow to be uh, allowed to be deceived with a strong delusion. And the deception, deception in our nation today concerns me. But what concerns me the most is God's people being deceived. I can understand how the world can be deceived because they walk in darkness, but God's people are children of light. They're to be walking in the light of God's word. We're supposed to have an understanding that the world just doesn't have. And they won't have until they're born again. And then they have the same benefits that we do. The word of God. God's Bible, the entire Bible, the entire word of God has one word for the, for the sinner, one word for the world, and that's repent. But once they repent... Then all the word, all the Bible, everything God said is for them. Amen. But without repentance, they're not going to understand anything. They're going to resist the truth and walk in deception. And the deception in our nation is what this opening scripture is talking about. It's talking about the deception of God's people. God's people are being deceived right now along with the world. They're exchanging the truth of God's word for a lie. And that's basically what deception is. It's accepting a lie as if it was truth. And they're calling good evil and evil good. And it's happening with entire churches and denominations right now. It's one thing, like I said, for the world to walk in darkness, but the church should not walk in darkness. Uh, what fellowship hath light with darkness? What fellowship has, has darkness with light? We're not to have fellowship with darkness. If we're walking in light, you can't mingle it with darkness. All that does is gives you shadows. And we can't walk by shadows. You can't identify shadows. They're shapes and, and things like that. But we're to walk in light, have full uh, faculties, being able to understand and see everything. Amen? And, you know, oil don't mix with water. There's certain things that we can't mix with. And, and one of them is darkness. One of them is lies and deception. 
Jesus said in John 17, 17, as he prayed for his disciples, as he prayed for us, as he prayed for the church, he asked God to sanctify them, consecrate, make holy, make sacred, bless, hollow, set apart, dedicate to God, anoint, ordain, canonize them through thy truth. And then he said, thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. And anything that contradicts the word is not the truth. And if God said it's so and the world said it's not so, then Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. In other words, side with God. Side with God all the time. Every time that I have ever heard opposing views, one was about God, one was about their uh, point of view or the way they see it or the world's uh, view of it, I've always made up my mind ahead of time that I will always side with God. Amen. Always side with God. Even if it sounds like it makes sense, side with God. Amen. And uh, Matthew 24, 23 and through 25 in the King James says, Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. It's not only here is Christ, but here are the things of Christ. Here are the teachings of Christ that are not right, that are false. He says, believe it not. For there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before, I warned you ahead of time. That the very elect are open for deception if they part from the truth. And I realize Jesus is speaking to the Jews about the tribulation period and some of the things that's going to come upon the earth. But through the law, at least through the law of double reference, I believe that we can apply this to the church as well. And uh, the way they deceive is through the preaching and teaching of false doctrines, false teachings. Because that's exactly what a false prophet does or a teacher does. And, and we'll speak to this deception in the church and uh, amongst God's elect in a moment. But I, I want to continue working some more groundwork. As a result of people believing the lies and deceptions in our nation, there's a lot of what I call kowtowing going on. And I think everybody knows what kowtowing is. It's when a person assists the urges and evil designs or desires of another person or party just to stay in their graces, just to appease them. Uh, they want to continue to have fellowship and the benefits that go along with that fellowship. And so they bow down to them. They kowtow to them. They cater to them just to stay in their good graces. But if you look up kowtowing in the modern dictionary... And I had to leave two words out because it wouldn't be appropriate to mention them in church. But it will tell you someone that bows down, kneels before, pays homage to. is somebody that's servile, plays up to another, sucks up to another, butters up to another, be all over, fall all over, and be a bootlicker. That's what kowtowing is. And we have a kowtowing Congress, along with kowtowing governors and mayors, trying to pass laws and enforce mandates that are 
unconstitutional because we have a legislative branch of government. It's called the Congress. And through due process, the Congress, our legislative branch of the government, is the only one that could pass into law or declare a mandate or, or make a law about something. And uh, I know we have so-called mandates in the country right now for different things, but they're not mandates at all, not legally speaking. And uh, some of these mandates are not only unconstitutional, but they're also illegal and immoral. And then there's kowtowing in the corporate world. I, I tried to write this in a way where I didn't mention specific names. I don't know how far we'll get on this broadcast today, but I'm trying not to mention specific names or point to certain organizations or people, but there's large corporations that have gone woke and they're taking part in the cancel culture. In other words, if you don't apply with these unconstitutional illegal mandates, we will fire you, we will cancel you. And that's exactly what they're doing and attempting to do. And they're doing it to their own destruction. The government says it's for our good, but it's nothing more than government overreach. Because if it was so good for us, why do they have to make it a mandate and force it upon us? But what the public doesn't realize is, like I said, mandates have to be enacted in the Congress. Therefore, they can call it whatever they want. It is not a mandate. It is not a, a law. And just because a president or a governor or a mayor says something is a mandate or a law doesn't mean that it is. Now, they're getting backing on it, and they're enforcing some of these things. But I'm telling you, the, the lawsuits in the courts are piling up by the millions across this country. And one of these days, they're going to have to rule on them, and people are going to understand that the things they imposed on others are illegal, unconstitutional, and it's going to cost them dearly. But the woke corporations, along with the lying, deceptive, fake news media outlets, jumped on certain issues and started calling them mandates and laws. And because they've repeated it enough, they have people believing that it's a mandate and that it's a law even these corporations that are trying to enforce them. But thank God for the patriots and the heroes in our nation that are beginning to stand up and say, no, enough is enough. We're not going to tolerate it. Recently, a well-known airline that went woke tried to impose the so-called vaccine mandate, and then they realized they made a big mistake trying to enforce it, and they had to walk it back. And... Uh, the reason they had to walk it back is because their pilots refused to fly. They said, nope, we're not standing for this. And they refused to fly. And as a result, some 1,800 flights were canceled in one weekend. And so this woke airline figures, well, they'll just tell the public, because we're stupid and we're too dumb to realize or tell it's a lie or a deception. We'll just tell them it's because of air traffic control problems and weather. 
Only problem with that lie was no other airline had any air traffic control problems or weather, and they all ran and flew according to schedule. But we're too stupid to see that, they think. But we seen through it. And what the airline failed to take into consideration is the fact that the great, great majority of commercial pilots learned their flying skills in the military and their patriots and their veterans. And one guy got it started and they all jumped on board. But, uh, you know, the same things that help them, unity, whether it's evil or good, unity works to your advantage. And it's been working to evil's advantage for a long time, but we're starting to wake up to it, and we're starting to get united in it. Not so much the church yet, but can you realize what will happen when the church gets into unity and we stand up together? But we're too divided to do that right now as a church. And let's not forget our heroes in the healthcare industry that are standing up and saying no to illegal mandates. These are the same people. I'm talking about our doctors, our nurses, our uh, technicians, all those that work in the healthcare industry. They put their lives at great risk. And uh, all through the, the height of the pandemic, when, when people were, uh, hospitals were overcrowded, the ICUs were overcrowded, COVID was everywhere. They put themselves and their families at risk. Some of them didn't even go home for months because they didn't want to expose their family. And the same ones that did that, I call them heroes because that's what they are. Now they want to fire them. How many knows firing health care workers during a pandemic is not a good idea? And they want you to think it's over a vaccination, but it's not. It's over our freedom. It's over our right to choose what goes into our bodies. And I'd never tell anyone to get the vaccination or not get the vaccination. That's not what this is about. But I will tell you, it is your right to do either or. It's your right to get the vaccination if you want it. And it's your right to refuse it if you don't want it. And you should never allow them to force it on you. That's called tyranny. And whether you choose to vax or choose not to, I will stand with you and I will defend your right to do so either way. There's kowtowing in sports. And I'm not even going to get into what the sports industry has done by kowtowing to the government and certain organizations whose sole purpose is to divide our country. There's kowtowing in the education system, in our schools, and uh, kowtowing to boards. And, and thank God we're starting to stand up to that. Some brave little soccer moms stood up to it and said, no. I do have a right to, to have a say in my child's education. You're not going to determine what you're going to teach my child. And, and I say this. Get them out of school if you can. If they refuse to listen to you and they want to teach things that you don't believe in, get your children out of school. Homeschool them. They got programs now. I know not everybody can do it, but they got programs now where... Some of these teachers that refuse to go woke uh, have started 
uh, programs where you can tune in and, and get educated online like they did during the pandemic, you know. And so it's, you don't have to do all the homeschool, and you, there's plenty of help out there to, to help your children, uh, and you have to assist in it. And, and I realize not everybody can do that. There's families where both the father and the mother have to work, even more now so than before, and I understand that. But then you have to stand up, and you have to tell them that you're going to have some input in your child's education. And you have to fight until it's changed, until they start teaching things that you believe in. Amen? Uh, sorry I got off on that, but. And I can point out the bootleg, I mean, the kowtowing going on with the entertainment industry as well. But I think how, that you know how, and it's all done in subtlety but how they're injecting things into their so-called entertainment, whether it's a, uh, a famous singer or band or whatever on the stage, or, uh, a concert, or whether it's a TV program, or whether it's a, uh, a venue of some type, they're injecting into that, I'm going to say it like it is, trying to push things down our tr throats and getting us to accept things that we don't believe in that we feel are wrong and immoral. And I'm telling you, my wife and I got to the place where we either watch a food program or a uh, Hallmark movie. <laughs> Love them Hallmark movies. <laughs> After about three or four of them, I had every plot figured out. I know what's going to happen before that. But, I mean, my point is that it's hard to find something wholesome that you can watch. And even with that, you have to be careful. Because they're, they're, they're so subtle in trying to promote their things and their agendas uh, and their narrative that they slide in a little bit here and a little bit there. And then there's some that I took off of my DVR completely because they just went as bold as you can possibly go. And I said, we ain't watching this junk. Uh, and so we, we just quit watching it all together. Uh, very few good programs out there that stay neutral and don't get into either side. Very few. But my biggest concern is the kowtowing that's going on in the churches and amongst ministers and pastors and entire ministries in this country. And uh, many Churches and ministries are kowtowing to the government and the politicians. And if you don't think that's true, there are still churches in this nation that are closed from COVID over almost two years ago now. They're still closed since that one lockdown. But then there's uh, there are churches that are swapping the truth of God's word and accepting a lie, being deceived into believing a lie for the sole purpose of staying in the good graces of the government or staying popular. And, and what they don't realize is they're kowtowing to the very people that are trying to destroy the church and their ministry. Uh, and they're preaching a counterfeit gospel, a gospel that tells their generation, tells this generation and their congregation that they have to 
accept not only every person, but they have to accept their sins and get used to the things that they're doing because this is the new culture and this is the new order. And we just have to accept it. It's not our job to change it. And that, I, I'm telling you, that is so deceived that I can't even describe it. And Paul said, if anyone preaches any other gospel than the one he preached, the one that we know, the one that we heard that got us born again and changed our lives, he says, let them be accursed. And he said it twice, so it's serious. But we are to accept every person. But we're not supposed to accept their sin. And we're supposed to preach a word of deliverance and a word of salvation and tell them they can be delivered from any sin. And I'm not speaking about any particular sin. I'm talking about any sin. They can be delivered from any sin and they can be saved and they can be born again and start a new life with Christ. That's our job to tell them that. And we're to love and accept the sinner, but never the sin. Our job is to offer them what they don't have out there, and that's Jesus Christ. But we can never adapt to a perverse culture and accept the sin of any kind. doesn't make any difference what the sin is. We can never make sin feel comfortable in the house of God. It's, not, it's, it's our job to not do that. I mean, we're talking about the very sin that nailed our Savior to the cross to begin with. The sin that he died for, we are not to accept because the price was too great. I'm going to give you an example of the deception of the very elect. There are actually pro-choice pastors and ministers. Pro-choice. And I, I, you know, the word of God can't be any more clear on this subject. And yet... They're pro-choice. How could they be pro-choice? Because they're deceived. I mean, they advocate that abortion is acceptable, and not only that it's acceptable, but it's part of God's plan. How? Excuse me, but I'm going to need chapter and verse on that one because I don't know where it's at in the Bible. I don't even know where anything close to that is in the Bible. They're leading their churches, ministries, and followers down a path of destruction. And if you're a Christian, especially a pastor or a minister that believes abortion is okay with God, or you believe in being pro-choice, all I can say is I'm praying for you. I don't know what else to say. But if you supported that or supported anybody or advocated to anybody that supported that not only is it kowtowing to them but you're changing the word of god and you will answer for that there's a lot of different areas where the very elect are being deceived and i can name most of them I'll name a couple. People are deceived into thinking that they don't have to come to church. And they think that watching church on 
social media or a television or anything else takes the place of them coming. I got news for you. That's not in the Word of God. He told us to assemble ourselves together and, and not fail doing it. And, and, you know, social media church is great. Television church is great for shut-ins that can't get to a physical church. But God wants you physically in a church where you can fellowship with other believers. He said, especially as you see the day approaching. And let me tell you, the day is approaching. And it's approaching fast. You need to be in church. Amen. Some people are deceived into thinking that tithing is of the Old Testament. Yes, tithing originated in the Old Testament, but it's not part of the law because it came before the law. You can't say it's a part of the law and Jesus fulfilled the law. And, and you know, in the New Testament, uh, we don't tithe per se. We give as we purpose in our hearts, in our spirits, where the Holy Ghost dwells. And like I said, Wednesday, I think it was, maybe last Sunday, I don't remember. But if you're giving out of your heart, it's always going to be 10% or more. And just because God didn't repeat in the, old, in the New Testament what he said in the Old Testament doesn't mean that he's changed his mind about anything in the Old Testament. I mean, Jesus came to fulfill it, true. But if God said something was a sin in the Old Testament, it's still a sin in the New Testament. I don't care what it is. God didn't change his mind. <laughs> well, that's just a couple of examples of how we get deceived. Like I said, I could probably name a few more. But to make a long story short, I'll just say this to every Christian, every pastor and minister of God's word. If you think God has changed any of his word, whether Old Testament or New Testament, if you think God has changed anything about his, old, his word, you're deceived. You are badly mistaken because God doesn't change anything. He'll never change his word. You're never going to see what they call that uh, when they come out with a new program and it's experimental or a new app or it's experimental, you know, or uh, what they what it beta? That's it. God don't have a beta coming out. God don't have a version 2.0 coming out. What he wrote is, is what he wrote, and he hasn't changed any of it, and he's not going to change any of it. Hallelujah. And I know this may make some people mad, and if it did, there's an off button. Hit the off button and unfriend me. Let God be true and every man a liar. I'm sticking to God's word because anytime you drift from God's word, you open yourself up for deception because his word is truth. It's the only truth. Hebrews 2, 1 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, which is the word, lest at any time we should let them slip. When you don't give earnest heed to the word of God, it's going to eventually slip on you. You're going to let it slip. And when you do, you're going to open yourself up for deception. Some spiritual leaders have allowed themselves to drift from the truth. They let the word slip. If the word says something is a sin, it is a sin, period, in the sentence. Always has been, always will be, and we should never say otherwise. 
God hasn't changed his mind or position on any sin. And God's word doesn't adapt to generations or cultures. It's our job to preach the truth, and the truth will make the cultures and the generations adapt to God's word. That's the order of it. That's the way it's supposed to work. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord, and I change not. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God don't lie. He doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. And you can't change God's word to please yourself or anybody else. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 18, Assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle, the Hebrew punctuation marks, will by no means pass from the law till it's all fulfilled. God's not going to tolerate you even changing a punctuation mark, let alone changing his word to, to make it say what you want it to say. The gospel is good news, but it's only good news when it's preached in truth. And I'm tired of hearing the gospel that's being preached on television and social media and in some of these large churches with big congregations. Not all are bad. I know people might think I'm jealous because we're small. I'm not. I think heaven's going to be a big church. Amen. So I don't have nothing against big churches. I have something against big churches that get that way because they compromise the word and they're afraid to lose popularity and they're afraid to lose their people. So they compromise the word and tell them what they want to hear. And there's a lot out there like that. Preachers that say God loves you so much that he would never send anybody to hell. That's a lie. Preachers that say, all you have to do is say this prayer and you'll be saved and on your way to heaven. And they never darken the church of the door of a church ever again. They're in danger of hellfire. You have to say a prayer, all right. But it also says you have to believe in your heart, the words or the prayer that you're speaking. And if you really believed it in your heart, then there would be a change. There would be repentance and your life would change. I mean, what happened to having a genuine conversion that only comes from true repentance and true sorrow for your sins? There's people that say the prayer but are never converted. A lot of preachers won't tell the truth because they're afraid it will offend somebody. I got news for you. The gospel is an offense to those that don't believe. It is supposed to offend you. And if I don't offend you as a preacher every now and then and step on your toes every now and then, I'm not preaching the whole gospel. I'm not preaching the whole truth. And too many preachers preach a sugar-coated, watered-down, make-me-feel good gospel, and it's sending people to hell. Amen. It doesn't bring change and it doesn't bring conviction. And pe- uh, preachers are telling people that everything's okay when everything isn't okay and it's not going to be okay until they repent and they change. I 
I don't want you to draw conclusions from this or think of any names, but some big-time preachers with large congregations are nothing more than motivational speakers, and they should be speaking to large corporations and not preaching the gospel at all. I read a quote by Leonard Ravenhill on Facebook yesterday that said, if Jesus preached the same message that ministers are preaching today, he would have never been crucified. You think about that a minute. That is really deep and heavy. If Jesus preached the same gospel or the same message that is being preached in a lot of churches today, they would have never crucified him. But because he preached an offensive gospel, a gospel of truth, a gospel that brought about conviction and change in people's lives, they wanted to crucify him. You don't get crucified for compromising the truth. You don't get crucified for uh, trying to be popular and trying to appease the people that you're preaching to. That doesn't bring any conviction. That doesn't bring any sorrow for sins. And, and like I said, people get invited to a church and at the end of the service, just out of courtesy for their friend and not wanting to be embarrassed, they go along with the sinner's prayer, but they don't really get saved. There's no conversion. There's no change in their lives. And they leave there just as lost as they came, but with a false sense of security, thinking that they're going to heaven when they're not. No repentance, no change of their lifestyle. And they're in danger of busting hell wide open. Why? Because they never had a true conversion. They were never really born again. And Jesus said, except a man be born again, he shall in no way see the kingdom of God. There's more to it than just saying a prayer, repeating words. If people persist in doing their own thing, then God eventually gives them over to their own ways, but it will cost them their souls. Is that God's will? Absolutely not. It's his will that no one perishes, but that all come to repentance. And so it's not God's will for this to happen, but it happens every day. He can't save people that persist or refuse to accept the truth or deny the truth and continue to live in sin and try to justify it by changing God's word to accommodate their sin. It goes on every day. People blame everyone and everything for their deception, but they deceive themselves by rejecting the truth. You know, God said that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, but uh, if you read it in its context, it's talking about my people are destroyed because they have rejected knowledge. They rejected the knowledge of the word, the knowledge of the truth. And that's what destroys people, rejecting it, refusing it. And they do it all in the name of pleasing their flesh. And that's, what, that's exactly what's going on in our country today. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it involves personal gain, I'm going to do it. And, and uh, in other words, I'm going to reject God's word, God's truth, 
and align myself with the person or party I feel is going to benefit me the most. I'm going to align myself with the one that's going to give me the most benefits and better my life. And that's the driving force behind this generation. I guess they call them the millennials. They want everything free. If it's free, it's for me. Free health care, free money, free groceries, free gas, free education, free everything. And that's what they want. And, you know, the, the American dream of owning your own home with the white picket fence, blah, 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 a, a, a wife or a husband and two children, you know, the, the, the American dream that we've dreamed of for years is a thing of the past now. You see nothing but apartment buildings going up, condominiums going up. They don't want you to own anything anymore. They want you to rent and, I mean, if you look, everywhere you go, you see a massive apartment complex is going up. And uh, stop and think about this a minute. I've seen these movies, you know, like The Bourne Identity and stuff, where he goes into these communist countries. And I remember one where he went to visit this girl whose parents he killed when he first started in his uh, being a spy or whatever. He wanted to apologize to her and explain what happened, that she had good parents because the lie that the government told was that uh, it was a murder-suicide, and he just wanted her to know that it wasn't a murder-suicide. Her, her parents were good people, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, he goes to this place, and it's nothing but 30-story apartment buildings. As far as you can see, 30-story apartment buildings with courtyards, all concrete, concrete sidewalk, concrete everything. No trees, nothing. I mean, ju it's just a cold, indifferent lifestyle. And that's what they want here. That's what they want you to live here. They don't want you to own anything. The American dream is dead. So they say. And look at the generation today. They don't want the responsibility of a house. They don't want the responsibility of a family. Uh, they want to rent, but they want the rent to be free. And it's not going to work. But nothing's free. If you've been around as long as I have, you know there's no free lunches. No, no such thing as a free lunch. Someone has to pay for it. And all those free stimulus checks and so-called COVID benefits they shelled out for the last year and a half, I think they're still shelling it out, uh, it's not free. As a matter of fact, our children, our grandchildren, and perhaps our great-grandchildren, should the Lord tarry, are going to have to pay that back. Let me give you an example, a true life example of the deception that Christians can yield to if they don't stick to the word and they let it slip. Sometime back, several years, Pastor Ed and I counseled a man and a woman that was involved in an adulterous affair. Sat right in that office right there. The woman was married but had left her husband and was living with her boyfriend. They sat on the front row of this church 
the woman and her husband for a time. And then the husband disappeared from the scene. And uh, we eventually called him, asked what was going on. He told us we was just appalled. You know, we just tore up because uh, his wife left him. And they were separated but not divorced. So we counseled with him. Uh, he had a physical problem, medical condition that rendered him impudent. And that became a big issue for them. Uh, as a matter of fact, we even went to the hospital. He had a surgery. We went to a hospital in Indiana to visit him. And then uh, one Sunday morning, she showed up with a, a guy that was a friend of the husband's. And they were sitting together, and then we seen him holding hands and everything. And Anyway, they come to us for counseling and sat in the chair and told us that they were seeing each other now. Uh, and we asked them, did you divorce your husband? She says, no, not yet, but I intend to. And Pastor Ed immediately pointed out in Pastor Ed's way that they were in sin. And she gave him chapter and verse, gave him scripture. And uh, that lady sat there and said, well, I know what the word says, but. Soon as she said, but, we knew she was deceived. She said, but God created us with this desire that I have. And he knew that it would have to be fulfilled, so he understands. That's the level of deception that they were in. So, <laughs> let me get this straight. God is going to change his word just so you could have a pass on the sin that you're living in. Because you have a need. And we let them know they were deceived and God's word doesn't change for them or anybody else. And to make a long story short, they left the office and the church. And they had family in our church. And one of them came to us and asked us if, why did they leave the church? And of course, we couldn't tell them why. I don't know if they knew or not. I mean, it was obvious to us, but. And uh, what were we going to do about it? And I told her, I said, well, there's really nothing I can do about it. They left of their own free will, and they have to come back of their own free will. But I didn't add the fact that they would have to repent and change their lifestyle in order to come back. And unless they did that, we couldn't help them. And actually what they wanted us to do was to invite them back along with their sin and just accept them and their sin. And that wasn't going to happen. So we couldn't share with the family member why they left and that they would have to repent before we could accept them back, that they couldn't come back living in that lifestyle and uh, mocking God's word the way that they were doing it, you know. So anyway, the family members left as well. So we lost a good hunk of people in, in uh, one weekend. And, you know, that's happened to Pastor Ed and I so many different times where 
people only told one side of the story, and because of confidentiality, we couldn't tell our side of the story. So they walk away thinking we're the bad guys, and so they get offended at us. And there was times when I wanted to say, listen, but I didn't, never did, never did. I have to take it to my grave, you know, but we suffered a lot of unnecessary wrongs because we couldn't defend ourselves or tell our side of the story. And then there were times where they opened the door where we could tell that side and we vindicated ourselves and justified what we did and why we did it. And they still left. But anyway, we had no intention of compromising God's word to accommodate them or anybody else. And, you know, I have one more thing to say and then I'm going to close again, but. The modern-day church has gotten to the place where pastors are willing to kowtow to congregations and preach a seeker-friendly but powerless gospel that doesn't bring about repentance or change just so that they don't offend people or lose popularity with them. I'm not that kind of pastor. Look around, you can tell that. But God's people have embraced sin and immorality, not immortality, immorality in the name of tolerance and acceptance. But we have to tolerate and accept it. No, Uh, you're accepting a lifestyle that God strictly forbids. And if you don't tell them it's wrong, who's going to tell them? And, uh, you know, they want to call themselves Christians, but they don't want to follow Christ and obey the word. That's what a Christian is, is a follower of Christ, a disciple, one that does what he learns from uh, his master. And you have to understand, you can't be a follower of Jesus and continue to live in sin, no matter what that sin is. I don't care what the sin is. You can't follow Jesus and live that lifestyle. Paul gives us a whole list of sins in Galatians, and he tells us that people that commit these sins are not going to see the kingdom of God. And it's not so much as committing a sin and saying, oh, man, you know, the flesh called and I answered and I'm sorry and you ask forgiveness and you get it under the blood. He's talking about lifestyles of sin. You can't live this lifestyle of this, 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 this. And he lists them all the way down the line. You can't live a lifestyle like that. That means that you are knowingly living in sin and you're justifying it somehow. I don't know how. Maybe you say that, well, all of God's word ain't true. And God didn't really mean that when he said it. And, you know, that was written thousands of years ago. And things have changed since then. And. But it's like I said, there's no version 2.0 coming. There's no beta application coming. It's not going to change because God didn't change. And so we justify living that lifestyle uh, somehow just to make ourselves feel comfortable with the sin that we're in but, and still think that we're safe, but you're not safe. You're not safe. You're safe when you sin and you repent and you get it under the blood. And then God not only forgives you, but he cleanses you from that unrighteousness. 
But you can't live a lifestyle like that because you get to the place where you think it's acceptable to God and you never repent anymore. And you never get back under the covering. You never get back into righteousness. And you're in danger like that. Uh, I always have more notes than I have time. I just looked at the clock. I'm way over. But you have to understand, you can't be a follower of Jesus and live a lifestyle of sin and think that you're safe. Because you will be judged for it. Amen? God has given us the ability. You know, grace doesn't give you the right to sin. Grace gives you the power to resist sin. And we're living under that grace. You know, there's no excuse for sin anymore. I'm not talking about an occasional slip, an occasional weak point. I'm talking about when you think you can live a lifestyle of sin and be safe, you're wrong. Amen. That's all I got to say about that. I'm going to close right here. I don't know how far we got, Brother Darrell. It might have shut off a half hour ago. I don't know, but if it got out, got out there, praise the Lord. I hope somebody learned something from it, but you can cut it. I'm done. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.